0: Bip, bop, bop, bop. Who washed Washington's white woolen underwear when Washington's washerwoman went west?
1: Wow, that was impressive. It was something. Was that uh, just off the top of your head, too?
0: No, that's like a thing.
1: Uh,
0: Molly told me that they used to do that in debate. It's like one of those like voice one, one of, of those, those things. speaking things. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Ours was always what was ours. Uh, I didn't do debate, so
0: I don't have those skills. I didn't do debate. Well, I'd I just roll over at any argument.
1: <laughs> that does not surprise me. Uh, <laughs> hey, whoa, what? <laughs> yeah, you're probably uh, right. We did a, we'd in, oh, Inquire. It, it was, so it was Inquire, and it was aluminum, linoleum. Aluminum, oh, I've heard linoleum, that Linoleum, aluminum, linoleum, aluminum. And there you go. You've got my song for the week. Aluminum linoleum, aluminum, linoleum, aluminum, linoleum, aluminum, linoleum, aluminum,
0: linoleum, aluminum, So the, uh, this was like, I don't know, a month or two ago, but, uh, Sony keeps doing this very slow and tortured rollout of PlayStation 5 information.
2: <laughs> yeah
0: um and they announced the dual sense controller for the playstation 5 and it was a very divisive
3: announcement i i was kind of shocked i think it was nothing was about the design like the the actual functional design i don't think i saw anybody complaining about that i think it was just the weird dual tone. what would you call it? the weird dual tone um color scheme. Yeah. Especially to have as like your introduction to it cuz it's like usually every controller is either black or white when they introduce it.
1: Well, and the other thing is it's kind of interesting how it's it's not smooth. And I can't tell I think it I think it's like a little bit off like the it's not like the the black part is the same as the I don't know. How am I trying to say this? I think the white parts are raised up yeah. off of the black parts, which mm, they, don't, they don't match. They don't. Perfectly. Which I think I think personally, I think it looks fine. I just don't know how that's going to feel. And I think people are worried about that. It's got this weird, like almost futuristic floating, like the pieces are kind of floating over each other like uh. Mm. like Prometheans in in Halo, right? Where like the like they don't quite but they but they fit together and they make sense, but they they don't quite like they're not seamless. And I don't know if people are just weirded out by that. I think it looks really cool. I just don't love, I just don't like their their layout. Never have, never will. Yeah, the dual <laughs> I've never liked
0: the sticks next to each other. You but mean yeah, that the, 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 they're on the same axis rather than
3: the Xbox like off right. access yeah. yeah i agree i mean I, I paid way too much money to get a good <laughs> playstation 4 controller where they weren't next to each other because that's how much i hate it yeah the only thing that i saw that was floating is like the touch bar which i'm guessing I, i've i've yeah, got don't, that backlight behind it yeah and i'm kind of surprised they're keep, keeping the touch bar I think I can, like, count on one hand the number of games that actually used it as a touch bar.
1: Yeah, It seems like that's just going to inflate the price for something that is not used that much. Right. And, the, and, like, the only reason
3: I can even think that they're doing it is to keep backwards compatibility with a bunch of PS4 uh, games.
1: Well, are the... And I didn't... I don't remember what, if they mentioned this. is the Are the PS4 controllers at all compatible with the PS5? Have they announced anything like that? I don't think they've said. Because, like, Xbox hasn't... Yeah, Xbox um, obviously is, like, here's our controller. It's basically the same as last time. Also, use your old controllers. It's fine.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the only reason I bought an Elite 2 is because they were like, hey, it's going to work with the new
1: console Man, i like, was looking for an elite 2 the other day and they are sold out everywhere it's yeah. dumb
3: well i think they only make them in limited runs because they're probably they probably don't sell a huge number of them i would imagine yeah but yeah i, I i'm fine with the controller I, I like the i actually think the grips and everything look like an improvement over the the dual 4 the mm-hmm. dual shock 4 is fine like it's I know a lot of people that it's their favorite controller, but it's always felt a little bit thin, a little bit light for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And this looks like it has a little bit more heft. It's a little bit thicker and it's Mm -hmm. got texture, more texture to it, which should make it more comfortable to hold. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. I just hope they have other options than the stupid white and black version.
0: Yeah. So I love the look of this controller. (laughs) I think it looks so futuristic and awesome. Um, it like I, my initial thought was, um, "Oh, what's that game with the
1: space stuff in the Commander Shepard?" Uh, Mass, Mass Effect. Mass Effect. It does have a very Mass Effect vibe, doesn't it? Yeah, i
0: I was very. Uh, that was like my, my first initial thought was like, Whoa, that's like mass effect in real life. And the design language of this, I'm, I'm hoping this means that, you know, it's going to have a similar look as the console itself. I, there's nothing special about the PlayStation four, how it looks. Um, right. And I don't know, like having a nice, you know, it's almost like a piece of art, uh, having that <laughs> sit on, you know, in, in the, it, it, if it's a black box you can hide it anywhere but if it's like this nice looking console mm. you, you know you put it out you're not like afraid to show it off um it's like yeah, this is this is this cool new thing i think this looks fantastic i really like the aesthetic i love how the white and black looks here i was totally not offended by the two tone i saw a bunch of you know immediately people started mocking up alternate options, right? Like black on black, gray on black, all these like color combos. Like what if you, you know, so that keeping the same material forms, but just painting it differently. And there were some really cool designs. So I really, really hope that they come up with some custom controllers and stuff that, that would be a great opportunity. But, um, no, I totally love this black and white thing. Practically speaking though, uh, there's, uh, <laughs> Having owned a white uh xbox three sixty controller 360. for so long I, or thing, knowing
3: anybody that owned a white macbook yeah, yeah yeah it just
0: it's they don't stay white people like your nope. hand oils are rough <laughs> rough materials on plastic yep and uh yeah they it it will in short order be disgusting. <laughs>
3: Well, and that's probably a big part of the reason why I don't like it is I've never been a fan of white for electronics. I just think I know that it looks futuristic. That's how a lot of sci-fi does futuristic is they make everything white because it yeah it's like this whole look can how keep clean because of yeah. technology and the truth is we can't keep it clean. So right. I don't like it. But
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So from a functional standpoint, like uh. I, I would
3: love to have a black controller,
0: yeah, because mm-hmm. it looks way
3: less gross. Well, and I mean, it. I'm I'm worried they're going to do this a similar thing they did with the DualShock Four, which is you can really only get a controller that's colored on the top. So, like the back of the DualShock Four, no matter what fancy color you get, it's always just a black back. And I'm worried they're going to do something like that with this where part of it's always going to be white or Mm. whatever well
0: at least i wouldn't have to look
3: at the underside as much (laughs)
0: yeah yeah but yeah that remains to be seen um yeah i've i've never been a fan though of the sony controller layout that very symmetric geometric alignment of everything yeah um looks good in the picture but you know our hands are
3: weird shapes and (laughs) you're not wrong and the and the i don't even like the layout all that much like the the start button or options button i think is what they call it is like too small and too out of the way so like my thumb has to like wander to find it and part of that could be that i mostly play on xbox but i just think it's it's weird that there was like this established design and they just kept messing with it. Instead of refining it, they're like
1: screwing with it. Hmm. Yeah, because those buttons, the uh, the menu and the, I don't know, the, the options. Share is what Sh- it's called on, share. on
3: PlayStation.
1: They're way up even above the, the D-pad and the buttons, which yep. means if you're accessing that in game, your thumb is moving even further away from its default position, which is on the thumbstick.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, the way Xbox tackled that uh, with the the buttons inside the thumbsticks, uh, I think it's pretty decision. pretty good. Those are yep. super easy to hit. Um, one of the key takeaways I think of the limited information they did say about the controller was that um, they now have haptic feedback in in the triggers. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. Um, if I'm not if if I'm reading this correctly. My understanding is this basically brings the PlayStation controller on par with the Xbox controller because the Xbox One controller has had um, haptic triggers so, since Xbox One came out.
3: Not exactly.
0: Okay. It actually so walk me through brings this. it
3: past it. So really, the, the Xbox just has basically rumble built into the triggers. That's all it is. So you can feel rumble in a more like what's it, like surround way so you can feel it more like it passes over you or you can feel your gun recoiling this is haptic in the sense that it's going to make it give you pressure so like the example they gave is if you're drawing back a bow it's actually going to feel like there's tension on the trigger so okay so you and I read this differently Um,
0: because I read that and I was thinking what it's going to do is have a slight amount of vibration when you're pulling the trigger and you're going to feel like a texture of
3: drawing back the bowstring. It's totally possible that it's just marketing and that it's just a rumble, but that's how it's written and how most people have taken it, reading it is that (laughs) it's like, So it's actually some kind of feed, feed actual feedback, and not just rumble.
1: It's it's a little bit like with haptic feedback and um, certain Apple trackpads, right? Where there's not an actual press, but when you but it feels like there's a press. So, but are
0: you saying that like there's a variable tension on the spring, basically,
3: like so that I don't either. I've I'm the bow example is the one they gave, right? So. So I mean, it could be it could be total BS, and it's just going to be a a, a fancy rumble. But according to them, it's going to feel like there's actually tension on it. So if that's true, that's really cool and is a cool feature. If it ends up just being a rumble, then yeah, they're just using marketing speak. But I would hope that using that example, they would I I would basically consider it lying if all it did was give you a (laughs) rumble. When you're trying to pull back a bowstring in a game
1: and it just rumbles. Does the Xbox Elite have additional rumble in its con- in its triggers? No. No? Okay. Same. It's the same as standard one.
0: The Xbox has a surprising amount of variability in what it can produce in the trigger rumbles, though. Like, you know, if you're driving, if you're doing a driving game and you're, you know, you get your tires sliding on the pavement... Like it, you can feel that, you know, that feels different than firing, firing a gun in destiny The the technology in the Xbox implementation isn't leaving a lot for me to like say, Oh, like they need to improve this. This isn't feeling
1: very good. So here's, here's on xbox.com on their elite series two page real time it- update. It's, it says features impulse triggers and mo- rumble motors. Motor control can be adjusted in the app. And that is that is described as haptic feedback. Right. Because rumble is is called haptic feedback. Right. So it's just is Sony ad- adopting that same, you know, uh, definition or does their haptic feedback? Is that um, a step above this in some way?
2: right
3: well and that's the and problem we don't know. Is, is haptic feedback goes all the way from a rumble to
2: <laughs> right because yeah. well, haptic is exactly. something touch. so
3: yeah I, I think my biggest concern with the dual sense because i mean other colors are going to come out so i don't really care about the color as much as i complained about it the, <laughs> is it's probably going to be a really expensive base controller there's not going to be a cheap base controller because the the DualShock 4 already is like a $50 plus controller on its own uh, which is i think 10 bucks more than the standard price of the Xbox One controller. So if you want to buy like if you want to have an extra one for your for your uh, console when you get a new one that's another 60 bucks on top of it, basically the price of the game. And I bet you it might even be more expensive than that cuz they they're adding if they really are adding that fancy haptics it's going to be pretty expensive. And then it's got a microphone array in it, apparently like i am just, I'm worried about, is this going to be a really expensive controller for stuff that most people aren't going to care about?
1: It's interesting going into this console cycle. um, and And I think we saw Xbox doing this a little bit at the, the later, the later half of this last one, but moving into this next one is they hit a, they have, they have an entry level model things that are affordable and they have high end models that are expensive, but they are worth the price in terms of like their build quality. And Sony just has never done that. Like we didn't see a Sony DualShock 4 Elite controller, right? Yeah. We didn't yeah. see even the even the PS4 Pro um didn't even stack up to the the Xbox One X. Yeah. So it, it's just interesting to me the different uh, mentalities there. Where Sony, it's very clear cut. This is what you're going to get. Um, and Microsoft has gives you options. Not saying one is better than the other, um, but I think you're right in terms of like it is going to be a higher end base controller first party. If yeah. you're if you're looking for a, a cheap uh, controller, you're going to have to go third party, probably. Yep. And speaking of third party controllers. It was yeah. a perfect segue. It was perfect. That was, <laughs> that was,
0: as we call, it, seamless. Uh, I so you've had the Astro. I forget what they call it. But it's the Astro Gaming PlayStation
3: Four controller for a while
0: now, right? Like six months or so.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't play as much on PlayStation, so I've probably only used it for. Uh, I well, I, I did just play. Final Fantasy Seven remake on it, which was like sixty hours, and then I played. I've played quite a bit of uh, um, Persona Five Royal on it, so yeah, it was probably like a hundred hours or more. And I really like it. Um, it's a little bit heftier than the PlayStation Four controller, and it it actually doesn't come with the sticks uh, off. I don't I don't remember the wording that they call it, but the, the with the same configuration as an Xbox, but basically you you can use tools that it comes with to switch the place of the D pad and the um and the stick so that you can move it and make it like the Xbox one, and then it's got two back buttons as well. And honestly, it's probably not worth the price for the average person just to get the sticks like that but it does feel a lot better than the regular controller to me. Um, is this the C40? Is that the, yeah. uh Okay. Uh, and I did get it on sale. I didn't buy it for the kind of absurd price that it is full price. I think it's like, it's like 150 or more normally. So I didn't pay that much for it, but I paid probably too much for it. Yeah. 200 bucks was the list price. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's nice, it's really nice. Um, and I also like that the battery actually lasts for longer than about four hours, which is what the DualShock Four controller lasts for. Um, I think my only complaint about it is more a Sony problem and not a problem with Astro. It's that they basically don't like third-party controllers, and so you can't control the console in certain ways with this controller so like if you want to turn on your playstation you have to get a real controller or go and walk up to your playstation and turn it on and uh you can't connect to it just with bluetooth you have to use a dongle if you want to use wireless or you have to plug it in um but yeah that's just stuff that sony is stubborn about and won't give people won't let companies make third-party ones like that that's astounding to me like yep (laughs)
0: is that like not just like a lost revenue stream for them
3: you know licensing other people to be able to make i mean to be fair it's just a sony thing like sony does not like third-party stuff period like they've they're like apple yeah (laughs) honestly except, except that they usually i don't think that their version is better because they had like their own version of SD cards, what were memory sticks? Is that what they were called back in the day? Oh, I forgot they, about that. Yeah, like the and no, and nobody liked it because there was nothing about it that was better than SD cards. It's just if you bought a Sony electronic, you had to buy their cards that were like twenty percent more expensive than the other ones, and there was nothing better about it. And that's the problem: is if you're gonna do that. Apple usually at least tries to at least come up with a reason for why it's better. And Sony is just like, well, you bought a Sony electronic. So this is your option. Is it better? No, it's just the only option. And have, and and they've done that for decades. This is not a new thing. And I feel like they always do that with their electronics. So
0: other, other new hardware announcements. Um, we can sort of slide past these probably somewhat quickly, but, uh, there's a, New, the The iPhone SE is dead. Long live the iPhone SE. There's there's a new one. <laughs> um, and uh, well, so Apple like started. They sort of had a store update, and they started shipping some stuff that had been promised, and um, you could order they the a couple things. Yeah, they announced a couple things. Um, yeah, I think the the iPhone SE though was kind of the, the big flagship announcement, right? Um, and essentially it's an iPhone, what, six, seven, eight sized device, uh, with I, mostly iPhone 11 components. Um, yeah but it still has touch ID. So no, uh, face ID, which today I would have loved cause I was wearing my stupid, uh, mask oh yeah <laughs> and my phone you know it tries to see my face <laughs> says uh, i don't think it's you let me try again no why don't you just put your code in it's like every single time it's like no just let
3: take me to the code i wonder i wonder if it would learn eventually if you were always wearing your mask i you know i was wondering that i i sort of feel like it wouldn't because
0: there's not enough there to recognize that there's like yeah. facial features right
1: yeah and the mask
0: changes you know like as you talk and
1: I think it hides enough of that your 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 general shape your general you know jawline shape that yeah it
0: and it probably probably messes up the uh like
1: infrared hmm and all that too
0: um yeah so the iphone se the uh, this i think was a product that a lot of people expected but um, I don't, the large form, larger form fact, form factor for it, I think was a little bit disappointing. I was really hoping that this was going to be a smaller iPhone mm. and that they would, you know, keep maybe like the five S, you know, size available because there are people who like that smaller form factor. I think apparently that's, that's, uh, not a thing anymore. Nobody wants small phones yeah no
3: (laughs) i I think the thing that surprised me the most was that it wasn't edge to edge screen i was kind of expecting because that that's kind of what they're pushing towards is that all their devices are going to be edge to edge so i what better way to do it than make their budget phone like that too but apparently they want to keep that for the slightly premium yeah exactly yeah if you want want that you got to pay the tax
0: there was nothing like really remarkable about the phone um, it's a, it's a great deal. Yeah. Other than the price, uh, $400 yep. for a 64 gig.
3: Is that right? I think so.
0: Yeah. I was glad to see 32 gig is not a thing. That's that needed to go away. So it 60, did. 64 gig Should, is a good solid so. base price. Should have
3: gone away like or five years ago.
0: Base storage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm glad they announced it. I don't see
1: me recommending it to, a whole bunch of people? Um, yeah. I think I think there's there's a few people when I think about like my you know, people who are getting up around my parents' age or a little older and they want Or teenagers. Or teenagers um, who want something that can run all of that their apps so that they can stay connected with everyone, right? Because you know, the the crappy little uh Third, uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna throw a name brand out, but <laughs> you know, this crappy little brand phone might not handle the Facebook app like it should, right? And you want to, you want them to have something that's quality, uh, but won't break the bank. Doesn't need all of the the fancy things. I think this is who, you know, this is that kind of a a phone. Yeah, yeah I follow that.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, I, I, it's funny. Like, for me, the size is the hang up. Like, I was really hoping it was going to be smaller form factor because I know <laughs> that, uh, I like mm. my mom. She's very short, she has small hands. And, uh, yeah. she had the iPhone 5S, I think, uh, and loved that phone. Like, that was the perfect size for her. And then they just had to upgrade to 10s, I think. And, uh, like that was like her first number one complaint was like oh, this is so huge <laughs> like you know she has yeah. to use like two hands to use it at all um you know to, to be able to type on it and it's just it's less you can't just pick it up with one hand and glance at it and do something quick and put it in your pocket
3: um, well I think I think the number of people that mainly use their phone as a phone is so small nowadays that that's the only market for small phones yeah because. Yeah. If you're using it for anything other than just a phone, why would you want a small phone?
1: Right. Are you ordering like three of them right now, Brett? <laughs> click, click, click. Sorry if you can hear my clickies. No, I can't. I was just guessing. I may be ordering something <laughs> relevant to our, our last conversation.
3: Is it $700 wheels for your, <laughs> your Mac Pro?
0: Oh, you bought me $700 wheels? Thank you.
1: I expect... Hey. I I may have bought them for you, but I expect you to send me the stands back.
2: No joke.
0: (laughs) This is just insanity. Like I don't
3: understand. I three three hundred dollars to install them for you, and they don't give you the legs. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So yeah, Uh, Apple's charging seven hundred dollars to change if I if on this schmancy Mac pro if I wanted to change the flat feet to rolly wheels that don't have wheel locks I gotta pay them seven hundred dollars oh. that's almost two of these iPhone SES
3: no isn't it isn't it actually seven hundred dollars if you paid for it for them to do it
1: for you I'm pretty sure that's yeah I yeah I think that's right it's just, just crazy yeah it's this is one of those things where there's gouging and then there's gouging right. I am happy to pay Apple a premium for so many things, <laughs> and then they go and they're they've they've uh, extended their reach too far, <laughs> and it just makes me furious, yeah, yep, yeah. but they yeah, there's <sighs> like their
3: phones. And their computers are typically not overpriced when they're released, typically. But then they have stuff like this that are add-ons mm-hmm. that are that are way too expensive, and that goes to like every add-on. I'm not even saying like this is a rare example. I mean, when you order a computer, every single upgrade to that computer is overpriced. The RAM, the hard drive—if right. you upgrade any of that stuff through them, you're paying out the nose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's definitely the uh, the uh, premium car pricing model Yeah, <laughs> where, you know, you just – the price is already so high. You just – whatever, like tack another $300 well, I mean, they,
3: on. Yeah, you're totally right because, like, uh, even Tesla because Tesla has, like, their – because I've looked at getting a Tesla several times. Even a Model 3, they – you're like, oh, man, like, I could get this for, like – a price that I could I could figure out and I could work out and then you like start building it and like every add-on that you want to add including stuff like adding, you know, s- simple entertainment upgrades are like thousands of dollars upgrades <laughs> <laughs> and you like this should just be in the car already for right $30,000. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing, yeah. It's bonkers. I don't the the one that I really don't
0: get with Tesla is the range extension software upgrade Like
3: right software upgrade yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you, it's already <laughs> able to do it but we're gonna charge you a lot of money for a software upgrade yeah yep just bizarre
0: uh yeah there's so many like awesome things about the new mac pro and it has been a really good machine um but yeah holy moly like i did not buy apple ram for this
3: by the way <laughs> yeah i i think i call. would have called you an idiot if you had <laughs> like the only reason to ever pay apple to upgrade your ram is if upgrading the ram on your apple would void the warranty which yeah, or, it shouldn't. or or if it's soldered on the but motherboard, it can like right the laptops yeah. well like i mean it shouldn't that's it a, be that's an example of if you did it yourself there oh it would void the warranty yes that that
0: would absolutely do that
3: <laughs> so entertainment
0: Entertainment is becoming important. Uh, everyone's just watching shows. The watching only way movies. to get
1: through the, the yeah, days. The Forever April. The <laughs> forever. Oh, it is still April. It, it is Ned? still April. <laughs> Hold on, I need to. I need to pour me another glass of whiskey. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. I just had tea. Um,
0: now you guys already talked about this on the what the fanboy podcast, Brett, but Dune, the new movie. Yes. Uh, first look I, I this looks amazing uh um, <laughs> timothy did you did you read the vanity fair article by any chance
3: i i had i don't think i read the vanity fair one but i read about the
1: Dune movie so he, okay you read you read a different uh news scoop piece right that also on, said that it was exclusive. on the, on the scoop piece yeah <laughs> i yeah. love how i mean this is essentially what what you know podcasts do right is report on others reporting <laughs> exactly
3: <laughs> <laughs> i mean hey. no, the, the one that bothers me like i don't mind them reporting on other news stuff because it's an exclusive like, sure yeah, yeah, they yeah. got it so the other news people people that's all they can do it's when they all say that they have an exclusive scoop but it's all the same thing or one of them's an exclusive and then the other people are like oh hey they did this but we're not going to link to it we're just going to say oh, that's what really gets me. <laughs> uh, the no yeah, linking yeah. thing mm. it's like oh yeah over on their site which we're not going to give you a link to and we're not giving you a link to an article yeah that's the one that bugs me yeah uh
0: yeah so there's a vanity fair article about the new dune movie movies i actually didn't realize it was going to be two uh until i read this
3: um Oh, it would be awful, in my opinion, if this was one movie. If you had
1: to crunch it into one, yeah, yeah, not so it's it, too much, not great. It really should be like an HBO miniseries, if I'm being honest. But.
0: That would be dope. I'm gonna butcher <laughs> this, so Brett, please uh, correct me. But the director, Dennis Villeneuve,
1: Villeneuve, Villeneuve, just Villeneuve,
0: Villeneuve, Dennis Villeneuve, um, who did Blade Runner 2049, which I loved um is is at the head of this project and yes i don't even know where to start on this the costuming is fantastic these photos that they have this is exactly what dune feels like to me like Mm -hmm. (laughs) they nailed it um i'm like i'm concerned now that i'm getting my (laughs) internal hype up too much Uh,
1: hype levels are too high
0: yeah yeah, I like. I kind of just. I need to not look at anything else about this movie until it comes out, and just watch it cold. Because
3: uh, uh, I, I mean, that's basically my policy on media nowadays. If I see something that gets me excited about a movie, even if it's like the director, then I'll be like, I'm not going to look at anything on that. Like, I might read an article or two, but like I've kind of avoided the screenshots for this and Mm -hmm. I probably won't watch the trailer when it comes out. No, absolutely. I'm very much the same way. Um, I I
0: didn't even know this happened. It was, it was the, what the fanboy podcast that turned me on to that. This article existed. (laughs) So thank you Mm -hmm. very much.
1: You're welcome. Um,
0: Yeah. I was like, Oh, I didn't realize there was, you know, information about the new Dune movie. Like, uh, you know, how good could it be? Like, you know, let's click through, let's check that out. Uh, Yeah.
1: So the the other thing, reading like, oh, oh my! The other thing is the cast. Yes, it has got such a killer cast that I, I, uh, I don't know. Like much, much like Blade Runner before uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I do not think this is going to be a widely. a, a, a financial success film, um, but I think it's going to get a lot of probably critic critical praise, and it'll do well during the Oscars, especially this year, in <laughs> yeah. the year where you know <laughs> there's no
0: <laughs> competition.
1: <laughs> so many movies are moving. Um, I just think that like if anyone's going to do this movie right, it's it's Denis Villeneuve. He has such a powerful way of of creating atmosphere Mm -hmm. on film setting scene yeah yeah giving giving a place history without smacking you in the face with exposition and clunky dialogue he's he is an artist and um i'm just yeah i'm a little bit with you uh, Michael, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep the, the <laughs> hype at a, uh, appropriately contained level. Well, and and I'm I've been a, I'm, I've been, ai it took me until Blade Runner
3: 2049 to realize what he'd done, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm a big fan of like all his movies that I've seen. Um, and I think really none of them have been huge
1: commercial successes. I think the biggest no. one was Arrival. Mm-hmm. And and that was more of a commercial success because it had a small budget than, right. than it, it did, you know. It did it didn't do Marvel numbers or anything like that. It's just that they well, were able they, to make it for They also well. put it on a right time of the calendar
3: where True. there was really nothing else coming out. So. True. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I'm 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 just excited. As soon as his name was on it, I was like, okay,
1: I'll go see that. He's one oh. of those he's one of those directors who i trust to take on um like like if there was anyone i would want to do a uh mad max movie other than um right uh miller give it to him right um if someone was insane enough to try and remake Waterworld. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Why not? Like, i would pay to go see his version of that right like totally
3: yeah actually you're right <laughs> it's actually like one of the things that's most impressive to me about blade runner and and even uh, dune just from a couple of the screenshots i've seen is he seems to have a knack for taking somebody else's idea and putting it putting it on screen like yes he's not interpreting it in his own way in a sense of like, oh, well, I think I'm going to exaggerate this and that. He's he's just like, okay, I get what they want to do. I'm going to put that as close as I can on screen or, or close to accurate as I can on screen.
1: Yeah, he's got this way of understanding and interpreting um, an artist's uh, message in in whatever piece of art that is. Um, I I think a lot of uh, not to get too soapboxy on um, you know how how do we interpret art and is it the role of the audience to try and interpret what the artist meant or is it all is it all subjective on the audience and whatever it means to them it means to them and that's the accurate interpretation I just think that he does a good job of identifying what is, what's the core that's there that resonates with both the author and the audience, and then extrapolate that into, uh, something visually engaging. I'm stepping down from my soapbox now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I totally, I totally agree with you.
0: Uh, the cast. So you mentioned the cast is like, this looks fantastic. Um, and when they announced that they said that uh, Baron Vladimir Harkonin is still in Skarsgård, <laughs> I was like, of course he is. Like, as soon as as soon as they said that, I thought, how could it be anybody else? Because uh, he has such like, uh, Im- I don't like imposing, like strong, sort of like dark um, presence on the screen. Like mm-hmm. he, he's going to be like the perfect head villain and uh,
1: Oscar Isaac. I didn't know that he was going to be playing Duke Lito. I was like, cool. I think that took a lot of people by surprise. I don't think people, he's so young in the star Wars movies. Exactly. He's, he's been portrayed in a number of films recently as, as being younger than he is. And not that he's all that old either, but like you see him in these set photos and you're like, okay, no, it, it works. Yeah, absolutely. He, he looks, he looks real good. He does. That, he, he looks, uh, he looks properly of, aged. That and, hint of gray in the, in the hair. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to look like when I get gray hair. <laughs>
0: I have like gray this, graying uh, hair. I have this, like, uh, it doesn't look like him. I wish it looked like him, but it, it it's kind of getting along the lines of, um, who's the rogue, the X-Men with, she has like the, oh. the white line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. kind yep. of. I'm getting one of those. So, total side note. Um, Who else was on this that I was like, it's just it's like kind of a who's who of of just really excellent actors. We had, um, let's see, Dave Bautista, Josh Brolin, Jason Momoa, 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 Momoa. Jason, Rebecca
1: Ferguson, Zendaya, Javier Bardem. And then of course, in our lead character. This is the one I don't know. Amazingly. What? I know.
2: <laughs> what?
1: what? I had to look him up. Timothy Chalamet? Oh my gosh. I Michael. Don't.
0: I know. Go watch I'm go, a go bad watch person.
1: anything, go watch anything he's in and you'll realize that he is somehow going to steal the spotlight from all of these amazing actors and actresses,
0: which he kind of needs to.
1: He does. To be Paul. It's why he's perfect for this role. Is And you don't think about it until, unless you've seen him in something, um, and then it just, it makes sense. Actually, um, I recommend, if you haven't, which I know you haven't because you just said you K- haven't Because I him, tell you these things. <laughs> right. Uh, go watch Netflix's The King. Okay. It's about uh, King Henry. The eight. I don't know which one. There's too many there's too many King Henry's. The fifth. The fifth. The fifth. Um and he does a phenomenal job in that. Uh I think he was an
0: interstellar. Didn't-
1: uh yeah, he was the like the fifteen year old version of a okay. kid. Huh. He's extremely talented. Extremely talented.
3: Yeah, he j I think he just plays uh Cooper Coop's son,
1: right? When he's fifteen. Yes. Yep, Cooper's son. Which, so he's in
3: there for like maybe twenty minutes
1: or something. Yeah, not given much, and he's just kind of there to look sad, I think, if I remember right. Um, but uh, call me, call me by your name. He's fantastic in. Um, trying to read off some of the. I don't have that. Lady up. Bird. Lady Bird. He's really. A lot good of these in. are on my
0: to watch list, and yeah, I just
1: haven't gotten to them.
0: <laughs> Little Women. The King though I'll uh put that on the list. That wasn't one that I had so it's like on my radar.
1: Yeah. And and it's it's you know it's just on Netflix. So chances are you have Netflix, you can go watch it. It's it's a long movie, but I actually think it's paced pretty well. I don't know. It, um I'm not here to give a full review of that. You can go find that over on the what the fanboy show. But Damn. uh <laughs> But I think it's really good. Um it's probably one of Netflix's best films. Like a Netflix original movie.
0: Yeah. I, you know, and I like actually the idea that, so, I mean, obviously he's done a fair amount of work, but, um, he's not like, um, a headline name that like a lot of people, he's not Tom Cruise. Right. Right. Um, Right. I, I, I think that's appropriate for this kind of movie. Like you don't, you don't have these heavyweights that when their name is on the poster, you know, it's sort of, they bring the actor into the character, all the, all the cast members that I'm familiar with, at least, uh, in, in the Dune movie, they sort of, they're the the reverse, like they embody the character and the character comes out through them. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that I, I love movies that work that way. And I think it, that's part of, you know, setting a scene and, uh, telling a story and especially something that's as complicated and, and deep as the Dune (laughs) mythos. Um, Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I think, I think they need somebody who's going to be strong, but not like, uh,
3: overpowering for, for the lead role. Mm -hmm. Well, and I mean, to be fair, he, uh, he's, he's a young actor because the role's young. So, Mm -hmm it wasn't going to be somebody that was really well known cuz there's not a lot of actors that age that are really well known so he's probably actually one of the more well known actors that age they could have
1: picked yeah it just yeah it really probably just depends on if you really follow um like award circuit conversations right um you know he's he's oscar nominated so he's i mean he's got clout when it comes to people recognize him. But I think you're right, Michael, in terms of like a general populace doesn't necessarily recognize him just because he hasn't been around that long. Um, not because it's not, it's not because he's un uh, unproven. It's just because a lot more of his films have been a little more niche or they haven't got, they're not at the biggest movies of the year. Right. Um, so the people who are paying attention to them are more of those like upward, uh, People who do awards. Gotcha. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I was talking a hundred miles an hour there. I apologize. I'll
0: slow you way down. (laughs) Like, uh, was that drunk Riker? You slow down. (laughs) Uh, commander Riker from next generation. He always sounds drunk. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that, that looks really interesting. And I'm excited for this film. Um, it sounds like we all are, so I'm sure we'll talk about it plenty uh, when we get to see them. Um, but until then, we have other things to watch. So, with our free time, uh, what have you guys been kind of playing, watching, reading? You now, what what what's keeping your attention? And anything is there anything that you feel like you want to call out specifically? Um, you know, share
1: with somebody
0: who might be listening
1: or, well, real quick. I know I've been talking a lot, but just because it relates to our last story, I'm, I've am i started rereading Dune. Oh, so right. I'm hoping to get through that before the movie actually comes out. <laughs> when you say get through that,
0: you're talking about just the first novel or? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. That's all you really need to read. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm having fun. Um, I'm just I, like within still within like the first hundred pages, but it's been fun to jump back in. It's been a long time since I've read it. So Timothy, what about you? What, a, what, a,
3: I, I've been, uh, I haven't been watching as much as I thought I would be during this. I've got like quite a few shows I want to watch. I mm-hmm. think the wires kind of my next one. I'm planning on binging cause I still haven't seen that. Oh, but uh, yes. Good show. Yeah. I've heard it's fantastic. Um, but I've been, I've been listening to some podcasts, uh, I've really been enjoying Conan finds a, or Conan needs a friend. Conan <laughs> O'Brien needs a friend. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, very, very funny. He basically, it's mostly like comedian friends or not even really friends, like just people he knows through the, in the industry.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And he basically like brings him on in the pretense that he's interviewed him so many times on all of his shows, but are they actually friends? And so it's like,
2: Oh,
3: but that that really isn't what it's about it's really just him having a conversation with somebody and it's very very funny um especially if you like his self-effacing kind of humor mm-hmm. um yep let's see what else uh i've of course been watching westworld which this yes. season
1: is so good and i'm and it just got uh like just today i think it got oh yeah it just got renewed for season four so yeah. oh, so excited
3: which I, I wasn't sure I literally was thinking this morning before that announcement came out, is there going to be a season four? Cause it seems, it kind of seems like this season is ramping up to the apocalypse. A very like, and not really the apocalypse it's, and I don't want to spoil anything obviously, but a very like, this is, it's either going to be the end of, <laughs> of the current events that we're watching for good or it's going to be the start of something really big. And so I wasn't sure which way it was going to go. And so the fact that there's a new season is actually (laughs) kind of a spoiler in a way. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm still excited about it because this, this season has kind of shown that them leaving the park was a very good idea. For The premise of the show, which a lot of people were like, Oh, it's called Westworld. Like, and they're not even in Westworld, but man, it is so good. Um, Let's see what else. I've been playing a lot of video games, Um, tr- tried out the new Destiny event, uh, which eh, it's just a bunch of bounties like usual. Mm. Um, I've been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I don't think any either of you played Final Fantasy VII. So no, no, nope. probably probably aren't as interested in that. It's really good. It's a really good action RPG. I like a whole bunch of friends who are really into that <laughs> in, well, in it-
0: high school, I think right yeah and, oh man it was huge
3: yeah when we were kids. i I never played it um i t- i i probably played it three or four years after everybody else played it because i didn't have a playstation until uh because you know i was at the age where i couldn't buy one for myself so i had to i had to wait till i was the age that i could buy one for myself and then mm-hmm. i played it and uh but uh it's it's interesting because it, they called it Remake in the title, and I thought that was really strange. And then I played it, and it actually makes sense when you play it. Um, and I, I'm, once again, I'm not going to spoil anything, but they don't just like most remakes that you play are really remastered, you know? They're not remakes. They call them remakes, but they're really just, they take the exact same storyline, the exact same game mechanics, and they just update them a little bit. And make them modern. And this, they kind of they took the game and they modernized it, and then they kind of redid the story without without a uh, changing the original story, which is a really interesting like tight tightrope walk that they had to pull off to do that. So it's actually I was really really impressed after finishing it. Um, yeah. And then I've been reading Altered Carbon because. I watched season two, and I'm like, I never read books two or three, and I completely forgot what happened in the first one. So I rereading book one, so I can reread the or so I can read two and three. Mm-hmm. So you're only part way through book one right now?
2: Yeah, I'm Again.
0: like,
3: I'm like ninety okay. percent according to my Kindle. All I'm right. almost done. So,
0: did you watch those shows, Brett? Uh, not yet.
3: No. Okay. I feel like we talked but, about this previously. I I had read the first book before I saw the show. Right, right, right. But I'd forgotten so much between watching the first season and now that I'm reading it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this book is like nothing like it's very (laughs) different. (laughs) And which is funny because I saw a lot of like articles about how like how it was very similar to the book. And I'm like, what were these guys watching? (laughs) It's a completely (laughs)
0: different
1: show.
3: Anyway. Yeah, those books are. Different, different style
1: than the show. Yeah, and that's that's okay. I don't know. I just feel like a lot, of, a lot of times people hold on to the this. This is the this is the the way I first experienced it, and it's the only proper way to experience it. And it's like, yeah, oh, it's a different, it's a different medium. Let it yeah stretch and grow and and do what it needs to. Be. I don't, I don't know how. There are certainly uh, there's a there's a there's a place where it forks too far, where it loses the spirit of what it could be, and and I don't know if that's the the case here, but no, I just, I not really. That's interesting. Oh, okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Probably the reason why it's a good thing that Dune is a show and not a miniseries is because of budget differences. Mm-hmm. Like Dune is such a, it's a cinematic book. Like that's the only way to describe it. Is it's it's very like long long descriptions and you know very flowery language that you almost have to have a a cinematic view and a cinematic budget to pull off right and i feel like that's kind of similar to altered carbon in that the book's a lot more cinematic than they could pull off on a netflix show Mm. So, so a lot of the differences come down to and they're not bad changes but they're changes where it's like yeah we can't do that we don't have the budget to do that so we're going to do something different that's going to be as interesting but isn't going to cost us that much money to
2: pull off. Yeah.
0: yeah, there's like this, it, they follow this strange parallel through some of the story. They like cherry pick bits of it. And if you've read the book, you can you can follow the trace, but it also diverges in really weird ways. And it's, really drastic ways. Yeah. Um, it, it's a strange adaptation, but uh i've enjoyed both i think the show though is uh very well done and if you just watch the show like if you're to pick one of them i'd say watch the show um i the books are good but i enjoyed the show more i think it was a tighter more streamlined uh storytelling experience
3: well and the book is is a little outdated as well Mm. uh some of like the ideas in it and stuff Uh, not like technology wise, but like culturally wise, the cultural impact is a little bit different. Um, that's, that's a longer conversation though. So that's a much longer conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I
0: mean, speaking of, uh, literary works that have been remade with adjustments. Um, I started reading the Lord of the Rings again, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Which was, uh, I haven't read that book in, I'm going to say, 15 years, maybe 20. Like, it's been a long time. Wow, it has been a long time for you. Yeah. I was, I was e- early high school, like maybe freshman year of high school, last time I actually read it. I sat down and tried to read this Silmarillion really at some point.
1: So you are a little older than me, so. It was middle school for me. So, yeah, what
3: is that? <laughs>
0: 20 years it's it's kind of amazing because I have such a like rich vivid memory of all these things in the story um, and I realize that they predominantly come from the movies um, <laughs> yeah and 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 I've I've butted into so I'm, I'm pretty early in the book um but where I am in the book does not exist in the movies um they're at uh they found Tom Bombadil, Tom, in the yes. old forest, and um, I I remember him as a char- like that he was a character, and I remembered like that he was bizarre and liked to sing, and that's basically what I remember about him, right? And <laughs> um, I mean, there's maybe not a whole lot more to it. Like he, he he's a curious character. But the decision to remove him from the films, I remember, um, my cousin at the time was
3: just like outraged. He's like, I can't believe they <laughs> didn't
0: put him in the movie. Like, but
3: I, I remember even as a teenager hearing that they removed him. Like, yeah, that makes
2: sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right.
0: Yeah, like there's a whole interesting storytelling, you know, discussion that that happened when they sat down to say, okay, we're going to take this whole story arc and we're going to make it into three different movies. And how are we restructuring this? Because the beginning of the book is almost, it's like on rails with the movie. Um, Yeah. But they kind of had to. They did. And like lining up to Bilbo's party and just like words that are said, The, the thing about the proud, it's like, you know, Bilbo's up there at his party and he's talking, he's addressing all the different families of, of hobbits. And he says, the the proud foots and the old guy has got like his feet, his foot up on the table and he's like proud feet. That's like literally in the book. Yeah. I thought it was totally a movie thing. No. So it was curious because I started reading and went, wow, this is tracking a lot more than I expected it to. And then, uh, it started to, to diverge. Um, the time I totally forgot that like, what is it like 30 years, 20, 30 years had like gone by between the beginning of the book and when the actual action happens.
1: Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: yeah, I was, I, that
3: I had completely forgotten. Um, well, and that, and that was a, that was a big part of kind of his theme for the, for hobbits is that hobbits were kind of in this timeless, like this timeless area of the world where, They weren't really aware of what was going on outside, and so it was like major. They only knew about really major events, so it was pretty. It made sense in the books, but how do you like? How do you have thirty years pass in a movie at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: jump cut. Thirty years later,
3: with the with the same characters, right? Not looking like they aged at all.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm enjoying reading it. It's uh, I'm just sort of doing a slow burn through it, and. I'm looking forward to sort of just re-experiencing the book for the first time in a very long time. Um, For TV, I had been watching uh, Carnival Row, which was on Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. And I knew nothing about it. I don't even really know why I started watching it. It's not like the kind of show that I would seek out. (laughs) But I think I was like flipping through my Amazon Prime list and I was like, you know, what's new or, you know what's interesting. And it suggested that I'm like, huh. You're like, oh, I'll give this a try. So I watched the first episode. Maybe I'll, everything I'm watching is like Lord of the Rings based right now. Because <laughs> I. It's just because it's got
1: Orlando Bloom in it, right? Yeah. So Lego. <laughs> so
0: I'm like watching the movie and I'm thinking, is that is that Orlando Bloom? I, I think it is. <laughs> so I pause it, I'm like, yeah, that's Orlando Bloom. Okay. <laughs> so this is like a bigger. They got, you know larger, uh, profile actors than I expected out of this show. Mm -hmm. I knew basically nobody else. Um, but so I kept watching it and, uh, it kind of has like a, I, I would love, I love slow burn things that just kind of take their time, let you get a sense of the place. Um, and then, you know, like not plot twist, but the action sort of kicks up in the, you know, in the, maybe the second half, Um uh, because mm-hmm. we've, but you spent so long getting used to the characters and right. It being part of that world so that you start to have expectations about maybe how things should work. Yeah. Um, so that when things don't work, they have weight and you know, there's a gravitas to the events that happen.
3: It's not just like, Oh, some, you
0: know, like, Hey, look, there's another evil dude showed up. Right. It's not like um, a
3: guy giving a five minute explanation at the beginning of the episode that you're like, Oh, okay. So this is abnormal because that's what that guy said. Right. Right.
0: Uh, so the show did a pretty good job of that. And, uh, I thought it was well acted. The special effects were pretty good. The, um, that I don't know how you, so it has this like steampunk love, like HP Lovecraft theme going on. Yeah. that's uh, Sort of. of the, yeah. The world that it's built in. Um, and they did a really good job of setting the environment and the costumes and the characters and i think there was maybe like one or two shots where i thought like oh yeah i can see the the this was like you know amazon prime budget television right production um and it, it had to do with uh so if you don't know about the show like they, there are um fae like there are fairies and um centaurs and guys with uh like, rams, horns, like the, the whole species of people. Oh, like fawns or... Um... Kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of that in the film. And the makeup and the costuming was really good. And the the most awkward thing that I remember seeing was um, when... Sometimes when the fairies would fly, you could just, like, practically see the guy wires, you know, carrying them away. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but uh, if you're not looking for it, like you're not going to see that. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it and it had a fun story that went totally not where I thought it was going to go. So that was cool. Awesome. Yeah. And then uh, I've been playing, I played way too much apex legends. I need to like, <laughs> I just need to let it cool. Cause I, uh, for the first time, I finished the season pass. I had never finished any of the season passes before. Yay.
1: I didn't even buy. This is buy, my first season two that I did it.
0: I didn't even buy the like booster pack thing at the beginning oh. to get you the first 25. Like I just started at one because I had done you that You bef- more than me. Because <laughs> I had done that before <laughs> and I'd never finished the season pass. And I was like, I'm not going to like spend the extra money. Like I'm not even going to finish it. So that's fine. And then
3: we got all got, got locked inside and I played it. I bought the boost, and I would have finished it even without the boost. <laughs> that is, not yeah, a surprise yeah, because you, <laughs> you played with me, so yeah. yeah. Um, no, I. I uh, that's one of the reasons I've been enjoying Final Fantasy VII remake so much. Even though it's it is a really good game, but it's also just been like, oh, hey, I'm not something different. It's different than than Apex, and there's not like a stress. Like there's a certain amount of stress playing an online competitive game. Yes sure.
0: there is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then uh got myself to platinum rank in the ranked play. So that was I got there and I was like, I'm good. I'm done. I'm happy. Like that was <laughs> that was all I wanted to achieve this season. I finished the season pass, got to uh, platinum rank. I can set the controller down and be
1: happy with it. Nice. That's awesome.
3: This is a a little bit off topic, but you kinda you kinda reminded me of uh like with the uh, that show that you just talked about, um, Carnival Row. Yeah, when you were talking about Carnival Row, like I I saw that and I was and people were recommending it to me and stuff, but I haven't watched it yet. And I kind of realized in the last few weeks, while you know while we've been in quarantine and I've been looking for stuff to occupy my time, there's so much fantasy out now, and fantasy is like never been my favorite genre. <laughs> mm. Like, uh, I kind of, like, read Lord of the Rings as a kid, and then I- I'd read that before I basically read any other fantasy. So most other fantasy felt like knockoffs. Of... That's a
1: crazy one to start with.
3: <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you set the um, bar too high. <laughs> yeah, it's it's totally what happened. Well, and especially because when I was a teenager, basically all fantasy was just rip-offs of Lord of the Rings in one right. way or another, even yeah, if yeah. it was just... They only used the creatures that were from Lord of the Rings, even if that's mm-hmm. the only uh, of all it was. And and interestingly enough, because of that, I didn't really read much fantasy. I think I read like the the Eddings, uh, M- Malorian, and oh man, what's the other one called? The Belga- the Belgariad. I think those are the only other two fantasy series I really read. Yeah, it wasn't until Brandon Sanderson that I really got back into fantasy, and I mostly. Stuck to science fiction, um yeah. It's kind of interesting because we're kind of hitting this like renaissance of fantasy because of. Probably, I mean, let's be honest. It's because of Lord of the Rings, the movies. We're still kind of riding off of that high, but uh, also years later.
1: Yeah, totally. Well, and we're gonna be. I think we're. I think we're gonna be seeing. Like when you talk about a renaissance, like. The that peak was so high that we're still getting stuff now, but it's going to peak again, I think, here in another yeah. f- three or five years. Well, and, and I think a lot of people probably think it already did with um,
2: with Game, Game of, Thrones. of Thrones, yeah, yeah,
3: because Game of Thrones is what's really caused like that series to come out on Netflix. It's all these studios like scrambling to grab up
1: a fantasy uh, show to put on their networks. Game of Thrones is probably the best thing to happen to fantasy in the movie TV realm because it's so antithetical to what like Tolkien high fantasy is that when we get these other things that are, you know, either if it's Amazon's Lord of the Rings series or, you know, uh, the the Chronicles of Narnia, that series that. Netflix is developing, like it's going to be almost refreshing to see those again, because we have this period where everyone's trying to be not those things. They're still trying to be fantasy, but they're doing it in that, uh, game of Thrones, almost, uh, Martin,
0: Martin, low fantasy.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's just, I mean, I think it's just a critique of high fantasy and it's, and it's a subversion of expectation of what high fantasy has traditionally been. Well, and honestly, the funny thing is my critique
3: of, of fantasy in general has always been that because it's fantasy, there aren't hard and fast rules ever mm, in yeah. most fantasy. Um, and and I mean, a lot of that comes from me being a big sci-fi nerd. And so not counting Star Wars as a sci-fi here, um, <laughs> sci- sci-fi has very cut and clear rules because it's supposed to be our rules with some new technologies that have made it so we can bend the rules at best and occasionally there's been some breaking of rules in in good science fiction but for the most part they stick to our the rules of our universe Mm -hmm. so uh, it's actually interesting to me because lord of the rings is a subversion in storytelling of fantasy but it's not a subversion of like the the like world building of fantasy it's still like the same kind of world building uh, I'm actually curious because they there's a bunch of studios trying to get some of Brandon Sanderson's stuff made. I don't think either of you have read
1: Brandon Sanderson. I'm familiar with it, but no, I have not read any of his stuff. Is that the... Uh, uh, Mistborn
3: and uh, Wave Kings and... Because uh,
1: one of his big things is the the rules, the yeah. foundation of here's how everything works and it all sticks to it
3: well like one of the things i really enjoy about his work is like he takes he takes like a magic system Mm -hmm. and he looks at it in what i think is a realistic way which is if we had this magic system in our world people would figure it out it wouldn't just be this thing that like is there and is mysterious and strange people would figure it out because it'd be mm-hmm. around for hundreds or thousands of years. And so that they'd come up with, okay, this is how it works. This is what you can do. This is what you can't do. And so like mistborn's a good example of, he basically lays out the rules for you in universe, like with a character explaining it to a character that's just figuring out she has powers and saying, yeah, this is how this works. This is how this works. But the thing is, is those aren't the rules. They're the way that, everybody's figured out the rules Mm -hmm.
2: Mm. so he
3: makes it really cool because you're like okay i understand how this magic system works and then somebody breaks the rule and you're like wait what but it's because that character that explained it to her didn't actually know the real way the magic system works and he does stuff like that all the time because that's realistically how it works like in our universe we think we understand the laws of physics and then we learn something new and we go oh hey but this still works. We just didn't know this fact. Right. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. I, and it, and so it's kind of funny that, like, Lord of the Rings kind of broke me for fantasy just because it was so good. But then I also got sick of the laziness because I was reading sci-fi. And so much magic is just systems and fantasy is just somebody going, I have a cool idea. And that's, like, as far as they ever get with that magic, magic idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that was a long tangent about sci-fi and fantasy. But I'm looking forward to stuff that's coming out. I read the prologue chapter
0: of the first book of the Stormlight Archive. Uh, ah. And I got through it and went, this is going to take more of an investment than I i am willing <laughs> oh, yes. to give right now so yeah. i'm gonna go read the lord of the rings instead
3: <laughs> i mean each let's see there's three stormlight archive books out and then and they average i think 800 pages 900 pages but man they are so good they but they're really they're basically each of them are three books that's how he writes them so it's really like reading a trilogy when you're reading each mm. of those books
0: okay yeah, I, I, I have it on my Kindle because
3: uh you recommended it. Um You should read it. You should drop Lord of the Rings because you've already <laughs> read that. <laughs>
1: now, sometimes you just have to have a little comfort food, and if that's what Lord of the Rings is right now, just keep enjoying it. Yeah, that's
3: exactly what it is. Yeah. Oh sorry. It's over a thousand pages. I <laughs> just looked <laughs> it up. It's the average or the Total number of pages between the three books is three thousand five hundred fifty-eight pages.
0: Ouch! That's a lot of. That's a lot of book. Maybe they're like really small pages, so you couldn't get that much text on a page.
1: <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> big, big font. No, nope, no. Nope. Would it be worth it for me just to download the audiobook? <laughs> um, uh, no. I. It
3: would be. There's definitely books that I've listened to first as an audiobook. Mm-hmm. but man dense books you just can't do it They're yeah books i have a hard time with yeah. dense books but I, I am it being completely sincere when i say it's one of the best fantasy series i've ever read and probably my favorite fantasy series of all time um is way the way of kings but if you want to get into brandon sanderson in a much more uh easily manageable way I'd I'd start with uh, Mistborn or Warbreaker, and Warbreaker's is great because it's a standalone book, so you could read it and get a feel for his writing without having to invest a whole bunch of time or energy into. And it's a it's a much shorter book too. I think it's like four hundred pages or something. Nice, that's practically
0: a novella.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, Michael, oh. anything else? Uh.
0: Molly and I watched. Um, we finally got around to watching. Uh, oh, did I talk about this last time? For all mankind. Oh no, I don't think you did. Yeah, so we finally got around to watching and finishing for all mankind. Uh, enjoyed that quite a bit. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. good. Yeah. Did did both of you? Did you finish it too, Timothy? I know you hadn't. I last I time need talks, to yet. watch
3: the last episode. I'm on the last episode. Oh, so uh, you. You stopped with that cliffhanger. What are you doing uh, main, here? I must have watched. I must have watched
1: all but the last two. Okay. 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 That makes more sense. Is it
0: we, we got to the end of this. We, we were. We'd been doing an episode a night, and we got to the end, and the second to last episode finished, and we're like, "Crap! Can't we we, <laughs> we got
2: to watch this."
3: I, I'm just such. I'm such a sci-fi nerd that I'm like super interested in all the ways the universe changed. And I so like I was watching every episode like focusing on that stuff, and then when it stopped focusing on that stuff as much, I'm still interested in it. I just like have been less interested in it. Yeah, I, I, so I like
1: you. it it becomes way more of a of a drama, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it takes on a <laughs> totally it, different
3: tone. It's still a really good drama, and I'm gonna finish it. It just I had
1: other stuff that I was yeah. interested in. So That's fair. Cool. Uh, well, I've been watching a few of those Apple TV Plus shows as well. Um, <clears throat> after we finished, or after I finished For All Mankind, I hopped over to The Morning Show. Oh, oh yeah. I, I watched
0: the first episode of that, but... Uh, I had
1: no idea what to expect for that show, but it's really good. Awesome. It's like way better. I kind of thought it would be end up being way... Uh, Political? <sighs> I mean, it's pretty political, but it but it deals it deals with the the politics in a like a really grown up kind of way. And I, you know i I've never loved Reese Witherspoon. She is fantastic. <laughs> I I understand she's a good actress. I just think she was often, especially in the nineties and two thousand. You didn't
3: like most of the roles she was
1: in. Yeah, yeah. She's just typecast as the. Dumb blonde girl, right? Or the country blonde girl, and or just a romantic interest, or just romantic like that interest. was what her
3: character was. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see her? Did
0: you see Wild? No. Okay, that that was the movie where I sort of was like, oh, oh, she's she's good.
1: <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll put that on my list. Wild, I do. Re- I remember uh, hearing about it. I do not remember actually seeing it though. Um, so that one was really good. It's very intense. I mean, it deals with a very serious subject. So, and I like, uh,
0: so j- I just saw that first episode, but Jennifer Aniston, like, I hadn't seen her since Friends, right? Mm hmm. Went off the air. And I thought she was
1: really good in this. Yeah. I, I think this is a super strong cast. Um, maybe even a stronger cast than like for all mankind in terms of just like everyone nails their part and it's well-written enough that that cohesion, uh, cohesion, I guess the, the, you use that term is perfect. yeah, it all just kind of fits together like a puzzle piece, uh, like a, like puzzle pieces and it's really, really good. Um, but again, very intense. And if you don't, if you're not into, Watching a show about that subject matter, it's hard to recommend.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. Then I hopped over to C, which is the Jason Momoa led, uh, post-apocalyptic. Everyone in the world is blind except uh for these two, his two children. Um, and I'm about uh two thirds of the way through that one. It's better than it appears to be or then it's <laughs> pilot lets on. Um, but it's still not, I still don't think it's that great. Um, yeah. It is, did, it's I wasn't
3: really interested in
1: it. after no, the trailer. I, yeah. I would say, if it, it, yeah, I don't know. It, Timothy, it, you know, when you were talking a little bit about like alternate history and being into sci-fi, like part of this is like, kind of sci-fi ish in terms of the world um, right like the how the world ended how I'm guessing. The, yeah yeah and and so there's some interesting stuff there but I, I just don't think it's all that well written or acted and the premise alone is it has been, has been interesting enough the plot has been interesting enough to keep me watching it but yeah hard to recommend um i always struggle with shows like that that to me that seems like a good movie premise
2: mm -hmm.
3: but for a show it feels like is that enough of a premise to be able to carry
1: a show um i don't i mean we'll see where this one ends they've already renewed it for a second season so did they really they must be fairly confident yeah yeah but um i've also been watching uh homecoming over on prime video. That is the one with Julia Roberts. Uh,
0: oh yeah. I'm like an episode or two from the end of that.
1: Yeah. So that's been, that's, I'm about halfway through that one. I do this, I do this weird thing where I don't finish shows before I start new ones. And so <laughs> I tend to do the same thing. I also do that with books.
0: Mm-hmm. So homecoming, uh, it's a very strange show and mm-hmm. it's like, I'm pretty late into it and I still don't have a grasp on where we're going with this. What what the
3: plot is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like what the is going on here? Um, <laughs> which I guess is part of what the plot is, but yeah. Um, yeah. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that.
1: Yeah. It's, um, you know, from a, filmmaking storytelling perspective i really like this kind of storytelling um it's a little bit mystery box plus uh a grounded universe with some sci-fi or with some sort of uh fantastical unknown element right Mm -hmm. and I, i mean i think the acting is really really good and it that's been drawing me in um with so like without spoiling anything and and I'm not as I don't think I'm as far as you um sounds like you're really close to the end and I've got I'm probably a couple episodes behind you uh just the characters um and where I think they're going but again this type of storytelling means that it could be anything and that's what interests me um, and I like that kind of storytelling in in this kind of a show versus, you know, something like a, like a movie, uh, or I won't say that because there are certain movies that do that really well. Um, this kind of mystery box storytelling, which J.J. Abrams is so famous for, lends itself well to this kind of a show and lends itself to this show way better than like a Star Wars trilogy. and I'm enjoying this uh, (laughs) a lot more because of, I think just because of the nature of it and the the episodes are fairly short. So they're, they're pretty easy to like, they're like the 30 minute long episodes. So they're pretty easy to digest. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty short. They,
0: so the reason I haven't finished this show yet is that, um, so I don't like horror Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and this is not a horror show it's at a thriller all. is it it it's, it is a psychological thriller like right. there's yeah. nothing really going on like on screen but man do like i have an aversion to going back into the watching the episodes because there's so much tension i don't know what they're doing i don't know if it's like the sound or just the way the shots are done but there's this incredible level of discomfort and, um, there's, there's almost like this sinister quality just hanging in the yeah. background. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, so every, so I finished an episode and I'm like, I don't really want to watch another one right now. And then, and then I'll think about it a week later and go,
2: uh, not, not yet. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, and I think that's kind of a, a trend that's going with drama right now mm-hmm. is there's, cause there's quite a few, of, I can't think of all their names like there's like one about like sharp it's like something about sharp blades is the name of the show and like all these like drama there's basically all these dramas that have like these thriller type psychological thriller aspects to them it seems to be a popular thing right now and i think a lot of it's from breaking bad um Mm, uh yes that's a good uh link and I know exactly how you feel because I finished the first two seasons of Breaking Bad and then I haven't compl- com- I haven't finished the rest of it. And it's not because I didn't enjoy it. It's really, really good television. It's like one of the best made TV shows in the last like 20 years. But it's so like it's stressful to watch. Yes. And you don't really even is. get like a catharsis <laughs> no. out of that stress mm, at yeah. all. You just kind of like. Wow, that was crazy. That's what that's what you get at the end.
0: Yeah, it's like emotionally um, draining.
3: Yeah, yeah. It, it, honestly, like yeah, I've I found, I'm watching less and less dramas because of that. And it's not that they're not good. I just I don't have the like mental energy to watch them all.
0: Maybe they're too good.
1: <laughs> I think right now I'm finding that just because of the world we live in and the situation that we're in with the with the pandemic and being you know staying at home or quarantine like i really love those shows but they they do they get exhausting and when i'm watching like uh, like another one i'm watching is tales from the loop and yeah i need to start that yeah me too it's it's I, i've only watched the first episode of it um but it's kind of the same it's it's a similar thing where something weird is going on and it's all about riding that that line of tension through like twenty minutes of an episode, right? Like, there's some setup, there's some character development, and then there's just writing this tension for the for the meat of the episode until you get to the conclusion, which is either satisfying or not, right? Like, yeah, it's either cathartic or it's like, oh, this just left me in a deep dark place. <laughs> yep, <laughs> and you can only take so much of that, uh, which I think is why I'm struggling to get through some of these shows it's like oh well i don't know if i really want to go back to that so i'll check out this new thing oh this new thing's the same thing well uh, i I don't know if i want to go back to that so i'm gonna go to you know but
3: it it, it kind of occurred to me while we're really good yeah exactly but it kind of occurred to me while we're having this conversation that a lot of my favorite shows have been shows that do the drama really well maybe not as tense but they still have catharsis Mm because like one of my favorite shows, and I'm sure I've mentioned it to you guys is Marvelous Mrs. Maisel in the last. few Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so good, but it's a show that even though like terrible things happen to a lot of the characters over and over again, there's always some kind of catharsis in a season or even in an episode. So you kind of get relief and, and man, that's like so rare in drama right now. (laughs) Yeah. The creator is really good at that.
0: Uh, yeah same thing with uh gilmore girls was similar yeah. kind of format like crazy stuff's going on but do you get that catharsis
3: and then i've also just been watching a lot more comedies because of that like one i didn't talk about but i've been watching every week is harley quinn yes
1: um, oh my gosh
3: it's so good so good it's it's like a like venture brothers or wait that's a comedy um, oh t- yeah completely. oh yeah 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 I it's, totally it, thought it was going to be this like dark drama no. thing. Well, and and a lot of people would have thought that if they just heard the name because DC that's like all they're doing. Um, but but yeah, it's it's, it's like so, an it's, it's an so animated funny. it's an animated show kind of based on the Harley Quinn from the animated series we grew up with. And uh and yeah, it's like Venture Brothers or um oh man, like that spy Animated show like that kind of
1: style of comedy like very irreverent, mm-hmm. violent, very violent things happen. Very yeah. Oh my gosh, King King Shark is my spirit animal. <laughs> King Shark's amazing. <laughs> though I love Clayface, though that might oh be because gosh. he's Alan Tudyk. Yeah, Clayface is great too. I mean, their whole that whole crew is just fantastic. Yep, yep. And then the other one I've been uh week by week going through is the is the final season of Clone Wars. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if either of you are into, it into that, I, but I, I am. I'm at the very
0: beginning of the very beginning of it. So <laughs> you oh can my. say I'm
3: there too because I haven't started it yet. So <laughs> I, I think I'm
0: like I don't know, seven or eight episodes into the season one. I understand it gets better. It does. It does. It's worth it because right now it's kind of feeling like a Saturday morning cartoon.
1: Yep. Yeah. And and. It'll feel like that for a little while. I think it's around maybe halfway through season two or like right at the beginning of season three. It, just, it gets exponentially better. Yeah. And that's cool. And yeah, I think, yeah, it's it's so good. Well worth the watch.
0: I was thinking about that, how shows develop over time and how what you remember about a show can mm-hmm. be very different than the place that it started at. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. I was just listening to a podcast. They were talking about the new um, Star Trek Picard series. Oh, yeah. And then they were sort of reminiscing on The Next Generation. And, you know, <laughs> Star Trek The Next Generation is terrible for the first <laughs> two
3: seasons. Like, the first season is really rough. Well, I mean, go back and ar- watch the original series. Oh, my gosh. No, no, you're any, right. Any of the original series. <laughs> it's like Next Generation started like miles ahead of the original series, and it was still terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: But, you know, but when I think about The Next Generation, like that's not the stuff I'm thinking of. Or if I am, it's like individual episodes, like The Measure of a Man, like isolated, like, okay, this was a good piece in just a sea of chaos but as as they
3: figured out what they were doing it became this completely other thing i mean yeah the the series finale of next generation is like one of the best oh that's great yeah like two i think it's two hours right of tv Mm -hmm. ever created uh, of sci-fi television ever created but yeah like that's what i remember most when i remember next generation because so many even the good episodes have a lot of really like cringy dialogue and bad acting and
1: i assume in in five in five years i'll be seeing the praises of how the witcher is the best uh, fantasy show (laughs) to have ever been created (laughs) i'm glad you and and i'll completely forgotten how bad the first season is (laughs) i
3: don't know i don't know like I, i i've been listening to some other people talk about it and like the short stories are really good this like which which is what the first season is basically based on is the short stories, but like as the series goes on, I feel like it gets weaker and weaker. The book series, I'm like, I don't know how they're going to make this into a good TV show.
0: Yeah. So then all this
3: talk about uh,
0: Picard got me sort of pining after season three of the Orville, and uh, when that, yeah, when someday that can come out. Um, and then thinking about watching Deep Space Nine again, because I freaking love that show, uh, but that is a <laughs> massive investment. It's really good. But another one of those, like, it doesn't finish where it, where it picked up. Although it, they the the ramp-up is a lot shorter on DS9. It's like half a season.
3: I, I've watched, like, random bits of Deep Space Nine, but that's been it.
0: Yeah, you can't really get it from random bits. It's about, like the characters it's, it's and like the, the people
3: f- and like you right. go
0: through the episodes and you sort of experience things with them and you build a relationship with, with
3: the characters. Um, and that's why it's strong. That's kind of been a thing Star Trek's been doing is the, f- the more shows come out, the more storyline heavy they've gotten. Yeah. So. And, yeah. And DS nine was really like the dark horse about
0: that. Cause they, they were doing the, you know, the, the, the big epic before it was a popular thing to do.
3: Well, I, what I mean is that's kind of when I think Star Trek transitioned, though. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but, but they, but they got a lot does. of.
0: Well, Voyager is less so, though. Like yeah. DS nine got a lot of heat for for going the route it did um,
3: ahead of its time. That, yeah, that's like what everybody wants yeah. nowadays. Yeah.
0: Anyway, yeah. But yeah. Anything else, Brett?
1: Nah, uh, I I've, I've been playing uh some destiny um both of my what the fanboy co-hosts uh are now guardians and so i we were walking through some stuff we did the leviathan raid uh since that's a nice entry level uh it's it's at like the starting power level you know it's oh nice doesn't, okay doesn't really take you any time you can just hop in as long as you've got you know some all right gear and we had a f- great time raiding, and then we did a little d b o raid layer evening like the next day or something and that I, was so I, much fun i really enjoyed i love that. destiny raids man. well we played basically the best raid experience of <laughs> <been> in destiny <laughs> yeah. too yeah so hopefully we we can uh between uh all of our binge watching and bjorn's uh apex uh addiction i'm, I'm done squeezing a few I'm more raids <laughs> for the season uh, for for yeah for another two weeks and then you'll be back on it <laughs> oh is it only two yeah Mm-hmm. but yeah no it's uh there's lots to do and you just got to find what what makes you happy what brings you joy and make sure you do plenty of that
3: truth that's good advice which is why it's been
1: like 90% video games.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's a good place to stop it we have a lot of material
1: yeah the, the longer the <laughs> longer the longer you go the more drunk brett you'll get so
3: i, th- I think there's there's <laughs> yeah. rants they're riding this horse <laughs> there are rants from all three of us in there oh yeah you could easily cut out <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. for sure we'll leave it on the editing room floor
1: we, we, you should do a bonus one for this save it for the patreon <laughs> <laughs>
3: the really long one the forever episode yeah you have to pay 100 dollars a month to get access to stuff like that but it's totally not even it. it's
1: not even you know um like just extended versions it's literally just every blooper from or every cut piece stitched together you know other than you know, <laughs> so it's chat. just all out of context <laughs> it's just a lot of out of context mumbo jumbo <laughs> all in one episode i definitely hit
3: my pop filter a bunch of times which spikes my mic a little bit so i apologize
0: pop. Pop. okay yeah fortunately uh stripping that stuff out isn't too bad unless it happens when you're talking my mount is loose Do, i don't can you guys hear this yeah 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 and so like if i bump my desk just wrong it uh makes things shake so i gotta like dismantle this and reattach it all yeah i think that's why a lot of people
1: use stands instead of the desk attached ones
0: i like being able to swing it out of my way though like
1: yeah the one thing i dislike about my current setup is that like i have my mic out when we record and then i have to like Weasel it back and I you know, unplug it and move it all the way around and I guess that would it's not.
0: <sighs> I don't <went> want <with> whiskey.
1: <laughs> it's good. It's, it's good. Uh, all right, guys. righty I
2: think that does it. I'm stopping the recording. Yep.